Nicole, what forms the centerpiece of Clace Oldenburg's 24-foot-high sculpture in the Morse College Courtyard at Yale University? Marble. I'm sorry, it's lipstick. What? Will. Which song by Journey is heard in the finale of The Sopranos when the action at Holston's Diner cuts to black? Uh, I don't know. Don't Stop Believing. Don't Stop Believing is a correct answer. And which engineering feat was completed in 1990 when two men broke through a wall of rock, met, shook hands, and said bonjour and hello? The Berlin Wall coming down? The answer is the channel. Oh. Scott. What classic TV character's rickety high-backed easy chair is now displayed in the Smithsonian Institute? Archie Bunker. Archie Bunker is a correct answer. Nicole, in a Carlo Collati tale, what protagonist turns into a donkey and is sold to a circus owner? Pass. The answer is Pinocchio. Will, how many miles lie between the North and South Poles through the center of the Earth? Is it 7,900, 10,900, or 13,900? B. I'm sorry, the answer is 7,900. Anne. Eight Plus Danger Packed Days describes the 2010 DVD box set of the entire run of what TV series? 24. 24 is a correct answer. Scott, George A. Romero's classic Night of the Living Dead series popularized what movie monsters? Uh, Zombies. Zombies is a correct answer. Nicole, the 1990 film that made Julia Roberts a superstar takes its name from the title of what Roy Orbison song? Pretty Woman. Oh, Pretty Woman is a correct answer. Will, what is the Wall Street lingo for a small company's stock that trades for under $5 a share? Penny stock? Penny stock is a correct answer. And what is former First Lady Michelle Obama's favorite food? Cheeseburgers, pizza, or arugula? I hate you. <laughs> uh, pizza. Pizza is a correct answer. Scott, which of these tabloid mainstays is a mom to a young son named Jaden James? Is it Blake Lively, Britney Spears, or Nicole Richie? Uh, Britney Spears? Britney Spears is a correct answer. Nicole, a 2008 study in Reference Services Review found which website to be about 80% accurate? Wikipedia. Wikipedia is a correct answer. Will, in 2007, what comedian replaced Bob Barker as the host of The Price is Right? Cleveland Rocks, Drew Carey. Drew Carey is a correct answer. And author and etiquette guru Judith Martin writes a newspaper column under the pen name Miss What? It's it's in there. Uh, miss 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 Misinformation. I'm sorry. The answer is Miss Manners. Oh. Scott, a person who has the first generation Apple iPad, can use it to do all but which of the following: purchase songs on iTunes video chat or download apps download apps i'm sorry the answer is video chat nicole what uninvited house pest also goes by the latin name mus musculus stink bug i'm sorry the answer is house mouse will what is the name of the illustrated gentleman who frequently graces the front cover of the new yorker magazine mr fancy pants i'm sorry the answer is eustace tilly and in which country did vanilla originate? India? I'm sorry, the answer is Mexico. Oh. And Scott, derived from the name of an American Indian tribe, the famous prison in Osining, New York, is called what? Sing Sing. Sing Sing is a correct answer. 
And at the end of the hot seat, Nicole, you have 200 points. Will, you have 300. Anne, you have 200. And Scott, you have 400. Welcome to Frenemy Trivia. First was the hot seat round. Each player received five questions worth 100 points each. Next, teams will be randomized with their hot seat scores combined and 1,000 points added to each team. Teams will receive up to four sets of three questions. Each team will answer the same questions and wager 100, 200, or 300 points on their confidence. They will gain or lose their wager based on whether they get it right or not. They will also bet those same values on how difficult they think it will be for their opponents. If their opponent gets it correct, they lose their wager. But if their opponent gets it wrong, they will win their bet. After four sets of questions or when a team runs out of points, the first round will end with the team with fewer points being eliminated. At this point, the friends become the enemies. The remaining team will divide whatever points they have left and play again against each other with the same rules. In this round, locking in an answer will trigger a 30-second timer for the other player to register their answer. After four sets of questions, or when a player runs out of points, we will crown this week's Frenemy Champion. Now, let's start the show. Welcome to Frenemy Trivia, where friends quickly become enemies. I'm your host, Tim Dipple, and joining me is my co-host and frenemy, Brittany Shaw. Brittany, how you doing and what you drinking? Hey, Tim. Um, I am doing tired. And as to what I'm drinking, I'm going to help cure the tired with a monster ultra watermelon. So uh, that sounds like fun. It's pre-noon here, so I'm not quite going to drink yet, but figured I'd still get the nice camp up. Very nice. I am drinking uh, Publix Cola. No one asked uh, him. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> wow. Come on. That's how I do. Uh, how you doing today, though? Um, I'm doing all right. It's uh, not quite 90 degrees here yet, and that makes me happier than it being over 90 degrees because I don't like hot weather, so... And oh, I have never. a sleeping cat on my desk, so things can't be bad unless I need my notepad. Never come visit us because it's always hot down here in North Carolina. But let's go ahead and jump into meeting today's players. You heard them in the hot seat. First off, in I never pronounce this right, is it Worcester, Mass? Nicole Roy, how you doing? What you drinking? And who would you consider your frenemy? Oh man. I am doing well. I am drinking a Java Mocha chip, which is from Greater Good Imperial Brewery in Worcester, Massachusetts. And yes, it is Worcester. <laughs> I don't think I have a friend of me, but after today, maybe we'll we'll mint a new one. Well, we are glad to have you. That was a great can pop. Yeah. And this show is all about building frenemies, so who knows where we'll end up there. Uh, next up, down in St. Petersburg, Florida, it's Will Eveland. Will, how you doing? What you drinking? And who would you consider your frenemy? I'm doing Nervous, first ever podcast recording. I am drinking a uh, Crowler, a 32-ounce can of a IPA from Cycle Brewing. The IPA is called Rewaka. It's single-hopped IPA with Rewaka hops from New Zealand. I don't like that you... Uh, 
didn't give us a heads up about this question. I don't know. Maybe I probably, and I'm sure Brittany can relate to this. One of our three cats is probably my frenemy. They love biting feet and waking you up at night. So I'm just going to go cat. Well, we're glad to have you as well. Oh, I need that. Oh, that sucked. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Uh, it, it's beginner's nerves. Yes. We're going to stay down in St. Petersburg, Florida, where we meet Ann Putnam. Ann, how you doing? What you drinking? And who would you consider your frenemy? Oh, I am doing salty because I literally had, I was just in Mexico. I know vanilla is from, I'm so mad about that and I'll never recover. Uh, but it's, oh, what I'm drinking. Well, it's noon on a Sunday, so I'm drinking straight bourbon and <laughs> it's bullet, it's bullet bourbon, but I know we love our ASMR. So I had to get a little bit of, and this is going to make some bourbon people scream, but I had to get some ginger ale. So we'll see if this opens. Oh, that's okay. a good bottle okay. open. Uh, my frenemy is my mom because I'm slowly turning into her, and I hate that. But I also <laughs> love her. So Hi, Miss Putnam, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> no, she'll never forgive me for the vanilla question either, so she's not listening. <laughs> well, we are glad to have you. And finally, in Westport, Connecticut, Scott Brill joins us. Scott, how you doing? What you drinking? And who would you consider your friend of me? Well, I'm doing very great. I'm, I'm glad everyone's here. This is going to be a lot of fun. As uh, you may know from other podcasts, I'm uh, generally a teetotaler, but uh, I thought I'd represent Connecticut with an IPA. And of course, I don't. I, I don't. Have, I already did the can, so I already have it in the glass, so I won't have a sound. But it's called Sea Mist, and it's a New England India Pale Ale from the Thimble Island Brewing Company here in Brantford, Connecticut. My husband and I were married in Brantford, Connecticut, on a beach there, so I just thought that would be a nice thing. And it's in my Abbott and Costello glass, so there you go. I know people can't see that, but that's very exciting my frenemy uh, is um british actor ian mckellen and he knows why <laughs> i want to hear this story uh that's sir ian mckellen <laughs> that's true yeah. it's sir yeah no i wish i had something to back that up no no actually i've i have met him once but that's uh just hide the point but no i you know i i with everybody i don't really have a frenemy it might be will at the end of this uh, day yeah. but... <laughs> oh trust me it's tim <laughs> it's definitely tim Ch- chances are by the end i will be your frenemy okay uh, but let's go ahead and jump into our team round today's matchup is will and scott taking on nicole and ann will and scott will start with 1700 points Nicole and Ann will start with 1,400 points, and our categories for Section 1 are Space Cowboy, which is a music question, That Took a Turn, which is a politics question, and Things That Don't Go in Your Mouth, which is a games question. Go ahead and lock in your wagers. No, I'm going to amend my earlier statement. I don't think Tim's going to be the real friend of me by the end of this. I think it's all the clues I wrote for the categories. I think that's going to be the real frenemy. But it all comes back to Tim because he didn't tell me no. My frenemy on the day is going to be my kid's brain because my wife sent me a screenshot of our camera that we use for a monitor and he pushed his bed over so he could reach his books on his bookshelf. That's really cute, though. It's adorable when he's not supposed to be napping. I was going to say, why is he napping before noon? But it's not before noon. Oh, he, he, he naps three hours after he wakes up or is supposed to nap. But it ends up being about two hours of just quiet.
quiet time. Oh, you're saying he's supposed to nap like three hours, not for three hours after he first wakes up. No, 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 no. He okay. he naps like if he wakes up at six in the morning, he goes down for a nap at nine for two hours. So let's start with Nicole and Anne. What did you ladies wager on your knowledge in Space Cowboy, and mu- in, which is a music question? We wagered 300. All right. And what about the guys? We wagered 100. All right. In the category of Space Cowboy, after completing the Pop Odyssey tour, what boy band member moved to Star City, Russia and became a cer- certified cosmonaut? For real? That's a thing? We're locked in. Locked in. All right, the guys are locked in. Ladies, you could talk it out. So Space Cowboy is an NSYNC song. So my guess is if it was a boy band reference, it's going to be NSYNC. It's definitely not Justin. Um, I don't hate your thought of Lance because he, I mean, what happened to it? I mean, because Joey went on to TV. Chris, I think he just drinks with baseball players. But he could, Chris Kirkpatrick could, that's my only other. Chris was on Big Brother. Oh, geez. And this never came up that he was a cosmonaut. <laughs> Shoot! No, I, I think I think it's Lance. I my mind is going to Lance. It went straight to Lance. I know he wanted to Got go feeling, up in space. I don't know if he ever made it oh, there, but gut feeling. Let's go with it. Lance Bass, lock it in. All right, Anne and Nicole are locking it with Lance Bass. Will and Scott, what did you say? Uh, we also said Lance Bass. All right, both teams I locking. Kind of knew this. Yeah. Both yeah. teams locking in with Lance Bass. Scott and Will, what did you wager on Anne and Nicole's ability here? We gave them 100. All right. And what about you ladies? We did 200. All right. Well, the boy band member who moved to Star City, Russia and became a certified cosmonaut is Lance Bass. And well done, Nicole, uh, Anne, for picking up that Space Cowboy was an NSYNC song. Uh, after that question, Nicole and Anne... You have picked up 100 points. Will and Scott, you canceled out your wagers. So going into question two, we have a score of 1,500 for Nicole and Anne to 1,700 for Will and Scott. Will and Scott, what did you wager on your knowledge for that took a turn? The politics question. 300. And Nicole and Anne, what did you guys wager on your knowledge? You could say. We wagered 100. (laughs) In the category of that took a turn, politics... Mercury was the name of what American coin that described who was on the face rather than the material it was made of. The coin changed in 1946 to honor and commemorate a president. We're we're yeah, locked in. You. If Will, you're good. We're locked in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Scott and Will are locked in. Nicole and Ann, you could talk it out. Well, all right. I hate Scott. So my brain went to Freddie Mercury, which is clearly not the answer. So let's see. God, I wish it was. Uh, I mean, 1946 that a coin was changed to have a president on it is my only like which coin would that be man but not rather than the material that it was made of i mean how old is the penny there's nickel there was the buffalo nickel that changed to and then the penny i know is like one of the i don't know you want to just go with nickel yeah i've got nothing else it's nickel or penny maybe maybe because quarter i feel like it always had washington on it and maybe it's a random mm-hmm. coin that I don't even know about, like the dollar coin that has that bald guy on it. Well, clearly, you know about it. Later. <laughs> 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 that, that has like 
Coolidge on it, I think. Um, nah, nickel. I'm fine. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But nickel, if that's okay with you, nickel. <laughs> Sounds like your name. All right. So you're locking in with the nickel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Ann and Nicole are locked in with the nickel. Will and Scott, you locked in pretty quick. Yeah. Um. Well, my dad and I used to. Uh, um, he was in. Uh, is it numismatist? I don't know how you say that word, but uh, he loved coins, and we did coins a lot. And it it's, uh, was known as the Mercury Dime, and it was changed oh. in 1946 to honor the late President Franklin Roosevelt. I'm pretty sure that is the answer. The dime. Ann and Nicole, what did you wager on Will and Scott's knowledge here? 100. And what about you, Will and Scott? We did 200. All right. Well, Scott took all my flavor text. It was the Mercury <laughs> Dime. It was changed in 1946 to honor uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who had died just a little prior. Yep. And uh, the word you were looking for was numismatist. Thank you. But, I knew there yeah. was an extra syllable in it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, which is the less funny collecting term. After that question, Nicole and Annie lost 200 points. Will and Scott, you found 200 of their points and added 300 of your own. So going into question three, we have a score of 1,300 to 2,200 in favor of Will and Scott. Ann and Nicole, what did you wager on your knowledge for things that don't go in your mouth? Our games question. 200. It's going to be 200 for that one. And what about you, Will and Scott? We also did 200. Our question in things that don't go in your mouth. What toy, a trademark of Crayola, was created when researchers mixed boric acid with silicone oil? It was inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame in 2001. I'm going to start drinking every time you say all right. I'm catching myself this time. All right, uh, we're locked in. The guys are locked in. Ladies, go ahead and talk it out. The silicone oil is making me lean, Play-Doh. Also, that I can't think of other Crayola toys that would comfortably have boric acid in it. Uh, hence the topic. Don't they all? Um, <laughs> don't put that in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, although I have I, eaten Play-Doh, I, so... I mean, I mean, I've eaten, like, super glue, too. Like, there, <laughs> there's, there's a reason they say don't put it in your mouth. I there's not much else I can think of. No, we can lock in with Play-Doh. All right. All right, the ladies are locked in with Play-Doh. Gentlemen, what did you say? Well, we went down a different path and I we honestly did not think of Play-Doh and that's I'm I'm guessing that's probably the right answer. We thought of Silly Putty. Yeah, that was our first thought for both of us. Um... We it was our, actually our first instinct. So we're going to go with Silly Putty. Gentlemen are locking in with Silly Putty. What did you guys wager on the ladies' knowledge? Uh, we did 300. And ladies? We also did 300. Okay, so this answer was Silly Putty. Oh, yes. Oh, silly Putty is a correct answer here. Ladies, I thought you were right. I absolutely yeah. did. As soon that's, as I heard Silly Putty, awesome. I knew that that's where it was. I'm like, I wish I had thought of that. Mm-hmm. My mind went to, like, Gak, and I'm like, that. there's no way that that was... Well, and I wasn't 100% sure that Crayola even does Play-Doh. I think it, it was funny. Be- as soon as you said Play-Doh, I thought, that's a Crayola product. So I I, I didn't know. It might be sure we were right. school. I, I actually did think of Play-Doh. I knew, I kind of had a feeling it wasn't. My mom is a preschool teacher. Ah. And I know, I know they make it in class sometimes. And I had a feeling she's not bringing boric acid and <laughs> silicone oil to a preschool. Uh. I mean, I haven't eaten Silly Putty. My thought on this is that Play-Doh, you, you shouldn't eat it, but you can and be can okay. Buddy, I think kills you. Um, <laughs> if you eat it due to the boric acid. 
Um, <laughs> Let's all go find out now. After that question, Nicole and Anne, unfortunately, you lost 500 points, but don't worry because yep. Will and Scott found them. Nicole and Anne, you will be going into the next section with 800 points, and Will and Scott, you've got 2,700. I'm going to get drunker and warm up my heckling. And... <laughs> <laughs> There's still plenty of opportunity for swings as we head into section number two. Our three categories in this section are wait, I don't remember this in the MCU, which is a religion question, do it Rockapella, which is geography, and hands in, which is sports. I love how every episode so far, there's been one team that includes me in their discussion chat, and then there's one team that doesn't include me. So I always know what one team is thinking, and then I always get just pleasantly surprised by the other team. I've got their wagers. Scott and Will, what did you wager on your knowledge for the, wait, I don't remember this in the MCU, our religion question? We went with 300. And what about the ladies? We did 200. In wait, I don't remember this in the MCU, a religion question. According to Norse legend, the three children of Loki and Angerboda are Hel, the world serpent known as Jormungandr, and what third monster who is foretold to kill Odin at Ragnarok? We're locked in. All right, the guy's locked in real quick. Ladies, go ahead and talk it out. Trying to remember the Ragnarok movie and assuming they taught <laughs> me everything about Norse knowledge. So, I watched that movie too. That's like um, one of the few Marvel movies I've seen and I don't remember. I don't know if this is one of his children, but the only other one I can think of is Fenrir. Fen Fenrir? F F-E-N-R-E-R, maybe Fenrir. The only other one that I feel like also often comes up with, and I honestly never really heard of how. But <laughs> I'll go with whatever <laughs> you want to go with because I have no yeah. idea. Yeah, I mean, so we'll do Fenrir. Sorry. All right, the ladies are locking in with Fenrir. Guys, what did you lock in with? We actually did the same. Good job, Anne. Good poll. Uh, I'll give a, sh a plug for Boozy. I know they're doing a uh, a bracket on fantasy and sci-fi authors right now. Neil Gaiman wrote uh, a book called Norse Mythology. Really, really awesome. Check it out if you're into that kind of stuff. But yeah, we locked in with Fenrir. All right. Ladies, what did you wager on the guy's knowledge? We wagered 200. And guys? We did 300. Mm. All right. Uh, so in the MCU... In the MCU, I believe this person fought the Hulk in what could have been a really epic fight, but they kind of cut it short. It was Fenrir. Um, and I don't know what you're talking about. The fight between Fenrir and the Hulk was amazing. <laughs> it could have been so Because there was a giant longer. wolf. He, <laughs> he tossed him into the ocean. It was fantastic. But yeah, uh, as for who Hell is, I believe Hell and Hela are equivalent in Norse mythology. So, Fair. whereas okay, they were that makes siblings sense. in the yeah. movie, uh, they were father and daughter in Norse mythology. So I will also second Will's recommendation on Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology. The book on tape is incredible, read by Neil himself. Oh, wow. That's I'll look for that. Probably check Audible rather than cassette tapes, Tim. I should note, <laughs> I should note I'm a library director, so that's going oh, to go in the collection. <laughs> um, actually, I have Norse mythology sitting on my shelf, and I haven't opened it past page three. Shame. I mean, I want to. Shame. I don't have time. But that being said, with how math works, you both canceled out your wager. So it's still 800 to 2700 going into our second question. 
Our second question was in the category of do it rockapella, our a geography question. Will and Scott, what did you wager on your knowledge here? Big 100. Yeah. And what about Anne and Nicole? We did 300. Do it rockapella, a geography question. Iquitos is the largest non-island based city in the world that is inaccessible by road. You can only access it by river or air. In what country is Iquitos located? We're going to lock in. And the guys are locked in. Ladies, go ahead and talk it out. I love, I mean, it looks Spanish, right? Very Spanish, leaning towards South America. And we were also discussing that if a road can't get to it, it's probably deep in the jungle. So we got to the point that we were taking Amazon. You made a very good point that Brazil is Portuguese. I would love to cross off of Brazil, <laughs> but then we still have, you know, 12 other countries. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm... Peru, Colombia, maybe Argentina, probably leaning more towards Peru. I don't know. What do you think? Maybe even like Chile, because it's like. Oh, well, I mean, it is very long. It is super, super long. But it's very coastal. So you, oh, by river or air. Oh, by river. You can only rack. Yeah, but that kind of that kind of makes me think it's inland because you know if it was the ocean, then oh wait, hang on. So if it's not the Amazon River, uh, the Atayas. I don't know why Ecuador just popped into my head. That's pretty north too, and it's going to be. I mean, I'm trying not to hit any of the countries that are on the outside that could be accessible to an ocean, but mm-hmm. I think may, I don't know why my brain's doing that because it says you can only access it by river. We can do Ecuador. Yeah. I guess we lock in with Ecuador. <laughs> All right. The ladies are locking in with Ecuador. Guys, what did you say? We went through a pretty torturous route that way as well. We were all over the world at one point. Um, but I kind of got us to South America, like the ladies. I'm pretty sure that's right because of the, the name. But for some reason, my high school geography is coming back into my little head. And for some reason, the word Peru sounds right next to this uh, this place. So I'm, we're, we're going to go with Peru. Right or wrong, we're saying Peru. All right. Ladies, what did you wager on the guy's knowledge here? We wagered also 300. And guys, what did you wager? We did uh, 100. This is a little bit heartbreaking. The reason that Ecuador sounded familiar is probably because Quito is Ecuador. Yes. It's the That's capital, exactly right? why. Yeah. You are correct. Yes. Iquitos is a city in Peru. Oh, my God. Uh, wow. God. Oh, my God. That is literally years of, of my high school geography class came flying back in my head. <laughs> and, and, and I just felt so bad because the ladies were ready to lock you, in with Peru. Until you were absolutely on Peru, Ecuador, ladies. And they went, okay. I'll take the L for that. I'm sorry, Anne. We should have gone never, with what you said. I never felt confident about it. I could barely. But, I was but like, to be fair, you, you did Peru, also right? mention two thirds right. of the country in South America. Exactly. <laughs> well. You are correct as to why uh, Ecuador, because... Of the capital. Yeah, Quito, which is spelled the same way except uh, knocking yep. off the first and last letter. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's wow. that's Peru. why. Yeah, Peru touches the ocean, so I didn't have good logic for it anyway. So it's, 
but yeah, yeah once you got uh, on the ocean thing i was like well that just narrows it to bolivia and paraguay literally, literally like only two. Two. <laughs> yeah i know yeah. all right Brittany, let's get a score update okay tim um after that heartbreaking turn of events we are going into question three with the ladies having 200 points after losing 600 on that question <gasps> and the guys have 2900 as we go in as they picked up 200 on that question Will, have you ever thought of yourself as a heartbreaker before? I have to say, that's the first for me. <laughs> Especially no, with no. ladies. <laughs> I've had my well, heart broken by many a man, so it's okay. <laughs> and many a gay man, perhaps? <laughs> Never a gay man, no. Well, maybe. Well, here we are today. We've come to it now. Nicole and Anne, what did you wager on your knowledge for hands in, which is a sports question? 100. My absolute assumption of what category would take me down. <laughs> and Will and Scott, what did you wager? We did 200. It's Sports is so broad. This, this could go either way. Yes. So in the category of hands in, a sports question, the concept of the football huddle to discuss plays originated in 1890 at what East Coast private university, the only federally chartered university that is officially bilingual? Ready to lock in. Yep. Scott and Will locked in. Anne and Nicole talk it out. Why? Like <laughs> right, what? <laughs> Bilingual East Coast Private University. Huh. Private brings it down a little bit at least. Yeah, East I was what, I was thinking Princeton until it said bilingual. Up, now I'm not so sure. I know. Because all, mean, of, all of the here. all of the Ivies are pretty white, so <laughs> Ivy's green. Not You're not wrong. Green. Well, culturally. <laughs> I'm okay with, I mean, I, I have genuine, the only way I would get here is 1890s East Coast private, is it private now or private, private in 1890, which makes me think it's got to be Northeastern. Are, are we going with Princeton? No. Yeah, that's totally fine. Nicole and Anne locked in with Princeton. Will and Scott, you locked in immediately. Yeah, um, uh, this is like one of the few football questions I'll ever get right. This is, uh, uh, and I don't mean to steal Tim's thunder, um, but the reason for the huddle was so they could communicate with sign language. It's Gallaudet University, um, where the the bilingual is sign language and English. Scott uh, awesome. locked in with okay. Gallaudet. That's awesome. Will and Scott, what did you wager on the ladies' knowledge here? Uh, we did 200. And what about the ladies? We did 100. Uh, so Scott did take some of my flavor text. Uh, <laughs> I really wrote this question because my wife's best friend is a ASL translator who graduated from Gallaudet. And thanks for pronouncing it correctly. You, That's right. And, and yes, they did develop the huddle because they were playing other deaf schools. And it's a lot easier to just read sign language when you're both very fluent in it than it is to necessarily here or whatever as a, a non-deaf school would it is gallaudet university a lot of clues to narrow it down here federally chartered means it's on federal property so it's in washington dc oh i had no idea yeah, i didn't know anything <laughs> i've heard this fact no idea where the school was um, uh, yeah it, it is right there in the heart of dc it is it is a fully bilingual because it's english and asl 
all right. After that question, unfortunately, Nicole and Anne, you lost 200 points. And Will and Scott, you picked up 400. So at the end of section two, we have a score of Will and Scott with 3,300 points to Nicole and Anne having zero. Which means we've reached the end of our first half. Our advancing players today are Will and Scott, but our losing team is welcome to stick around and serve as a peanut gallery and lament how much better they would have done if only these questions had been in their round. We're going to take a quick ad break and come back with round two. Hey, trivia lovers, want to get the pub trivia experience in an interactive way? Check out Liquid Courage Entertainment. With a wide range of offerings online, LK has you covered, streaming a wide variety of trivia games on Twitch with one-of-a-kind formats like Tringo, Guestimate, Mega Sheep, and more. Or check out the World Trivia Federation. With 36 hours to answer each quiz and no obligation, the WTF is the perfect solution to scratch that trivia itch on your own time. Come see us at twitch.tv slash liquid underscore courage or check out patreon.com slash liquid courage to join the WTF for as little as $2 a month. That's liquid courage with a K. Innovative, interactive, intoxicating. Heading into round two, we've split the points, rounded up, and both players are going to start with 1,700 points. Our first three categories are... Famous Last Words, which is fashion, Famous Last Words, which is film, and Famous Last Words, which is culture. I have wagers from both Will and Scott. Okay, so our first category, Famous Last Words, a fashion question. Scott, what did you wager on your knowledge here? Uh, For me, I wagered 200. And what about you, Will? I did the same. Okay, our question here. What five-word phrase was popularized by retailers Harry Gordon Selfridge, John Wanamaker, and Marshall Field. A variation on this phrase is Der Kunde ist Kondig. I don't speak German. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott does. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock in. All right, Scott has locked in. Will, that gives you 30 seconds. Oh, talk it out. Yeah, I guess this is a uh, audio medium. I should probably... I don't have anything interesting to say. I, I don't know what it is. I Like, little black dress, off the rack, those are all, like, three-word phrases. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I think I just have to pass. I, I don't have anything good to say. So Will is passing. Scott, what did you say here? Well, the ist is is. So it's got to be the something is something. And once I got that in my head, um, it's drummed in... I'm, I'm, librarian so it's drummed into us that the customer is always right or the customer is the best or the customer is fuck right yeah (laughs) koenig might mean king or whatever but i'm gonna go with the customer is right or the customer is always right all right scott what did you wager on will's knowledge here uh 300 and what about you will one so scott did pick up on this the customer is always right Uh, Although technically it's the customer is always right in matters of taste, but the phrase in retail is the customer is always right. I mean, the truth is the customer is rarely right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But the other truth is that on that question, Will, you lost 300. Scott, you picked up five. So we go into question two with 1,400 to 2,200. Will, what did you wager on your knowledge for film? I don't know why I did this. I did 300. And what about you, Scott? 
The same, 300. This one's a little bit lengthy, so bear with me. It's a head-to-head front of me here. According to legend, Walt Disney's final words were a note titled, TV projects in production, ready for production, or possible for escalation and story. On the note were four names, Ron Miller, Two-Way Down Seller, CIA Mobley, and what actor who was 15 at the time and would receive an ego boost starring as Dexter Riley in several Disney films shortly thereafter? Annie, you look so mad. <laughs> so mad. <laughs> so how many words in did you know the answer to this? I told you if we'd know things as soon as we got knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> um... I think I know it. I'm going to lock in. All right. Will is locked in. Scott, you have 30 seconds to talk it out. Okay. It's got to be someone <laughs> of the... He died in like 66, I'm pretty sure. So someone who was 15 and 66, but was a Disney person who did other things. Well, there is... Uh, because he would do the Disney stuff in the late 60s and 70s, there's uh, Kurt Russell... Was in everything. I'm going to go with Kurt Russell. Scott locks in with Kurt Russell. Will, what did you lock in with? Truly, truly my frenemy, Kurt Russell. Both both players locking in with Kurt Russell. Will, what did you wager for Scott here? 300. And Scott, what did you wager on Will? I think 100. All right. So, Anne, you you knew this one real quick. Anne, tell us. And shout it out. I love that Scott was like, mm, who would be 16 at the time? <laughs> There's only like 800 male actors in the existence of human, like the 60s. So let's go with uh, Kurt Russell. <laughs> Disney <laughs> film. <laughs> Make him a big Disney film star. That's when I was first going to movies. <laughs> I don't think of Kurt Russell star. when I think of Disney, but okay. And the actor who received an ego boost mm. was Kurt Russell. See that nerd thing I mentioned earlier? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, you want to tell him whose clue that was? <laughs> we were both working on trying to I know. work that in. Yeah. yeah. Both players got that one right because it was indeed Kurt Russell. Unfortunately, Will, you did cancel out your score there. Scott, you picked up 200. So we're going into question number three with Will at 1,400 and Scott at 2,400. Scott, what did you wager on culture? For me, a hundred. And what about you, Will? Same. All right. In famous last words, culture, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. And only the dead have seen the end of war are aphorisms attributed to what Spanish and American philosopher, perhaps best known for his goodbye. I'm locked in. (laughs) I'll let you finish, but I'm locked in. Will, you've got 30 seconds to talk it out. I mean, I've heard both of those things. Uh, Spanish microphone. I, I know when I hear the name, I'm going to know it. But I also don't think I can tell anyone I know to listen to this because I'm just going to sound so stupid. But uh, 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 I'm going to lock in with um, Senor Gonzalez. <laughs> Will locks in with a, Senor a fan Gonzalez. Favorite. <laughs> a lucky Gonzalez, maybe. Uh, yeah, lucky Speedy's, Gonzalez. Uh, Speedy's brother who wrote... Uh, <laughs> Scott, you do this before I finish. What did you lock in with? Yeah, I'm pretty sure his first name is George. Uh, it's Santiana. Uh, I'm not sure how to exactly pronounce that, but uh, George Santiana. And Scott, what did you wager on Will's knowledge here? 200. And Scott and Will? 
Uh, same, 200. All right. So this was George Santayana, perhaps best known for his goodbye was a reference to We Didn't Start the Fire, where the line is Santayana, goodbye. It was George Santayana. Huh. George Santayana is correct. I, wait, we, that? Oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry, Brittany. I was going to say you can edit this out later, but it looks like Nicole's playing Candy Crush. She is so checked <laughs> out. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> All I was going to say is, Will, you said this is your first podcast appearance. You're doing great. Plus, you should tell people to listen because it's your best podcast appearance to date. So, <laughs> uh, but that being said, you Very did lose true. 300 on that question. And, that <laughs> and Scott, you picked up 300. So as we enter our next section, Will, you have 1,100. Scott, you have 2,700. All right. Our three categories in the next section are... A Nobel Cause, which is a history question. Don't Skip the Credits, which is a television question. And yeah, you got it, which is a culture question. Anna Nicole, how do you feel about this set of clues? Uh, I actually am super sad we didn't get any really film questions in our round. Or, I mean, we got one TV. So I'm excited to see the TV for sure. And EGOT. Yeah. There's some recent EGOT wins, so we'll see. Nicole? I'm sad we didn't get any um, TV or movie questions, because I'm good at those. Yeah. We teamed up appropriately. <laughs> we, we can blame Tim for that. Right? Next time I want to team up with Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Will, what did you wager on your knowledge for a noble a Nobel cause, which is our history question? History is fun, um, but I don't feel like I'm super strong with like Nobel Prize winners, so I just did 100. And Scott, what did you wager? Uh, I did 200. Our question, what man served as state president of South Africa from 1989 to 1994, immediately preceding Nelson Mandela? The two were jointly awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 1993 for their work dismantling apartheid. I'll lock in. All right, Scott has locked in. Will, you've got 30 seconds. I don't like these 30 seconds. <laughs> it's just an excuse for me to tell everyone how much I don't know. Uh, I was going to say Nelson Mandela until you said his name. Yeah, that one was really easy, right? Like It's like, oh, an easy question. <laughs> it's the other guy. And then, you know, before you said the question, I'm like, okay, Nobel Prize. I bet let's like, please be Curie. Um, so I'm going to lock in with Curie because I don't have a better answer. We'll lock be in more with specific. <laughs> yeah. Which Curie? You know, you know, you know uh, Curie is a woman, right? Oh, I know. There are like three of them. And so, there's like three of the Nobel Prize. Yeah, I'm just hoping in some like multiverse, they're BFFs <laughs> oh, and her husband theaters. or something. Will locking in with a lucky Curie. Scott, <laughs> what did you lock in with? Um, well, I believe only because it's they won it together and that's kind of what i remember and that he was the president there and he was i think he was actually still a president when there was apartheid and like kind of shepherded them past all that his la i i think they called him something like pick or something as his first name it was like pw or something like that but his last name was bota b-o-t-h-a bota and will what did you wager on scott's knowledge here 300 and scott a, th a 300 so scott you were on the right 
track ah, with the first name. It's FW. Oh. Uh, but Yay! it's, it's <laughs> the clerk. Oh, I got him wrong. Oh, I got it wrong. Oh. FW the clerk. FW the clerk, yeah. He doesn't know everything. Yeah. It's a miracle. No. <laughs> got it wrong. That's a zero Wait, more was, bourbon. Are you saying it wasn't Carrie? It was yeah. not Carrie. <laughs> they knew each other well, but no. Yeah. <laughs> so after that question, we have a situation that happens sometimes here at Frenemy Trivia, which is Due to your wagers, while both of you missed it, you're both still picking up points because of what you wagered on your opponent missing it. Okay. So, Will, you're picking up 200 points. And Hell yeah. Scott, you're picking up 100 points, making our score going into question two. Will with 1,300 and Scott with 2,800. That's what happens when you're both wrong, but you're both <laughs> right about the other also being wrong. You knew your frenemy. You just didn't know the answer. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's all that counts in the end. Scott, what did you wager on Don't Skip the Credits, our television question? Uh, for me, a 300. And what about you, Will? I did 300. Uh, can it please be like TV from like, <laughs> like I don't know, after the 90s? If I think it's whatever's on his card. If that's what you <laughs> like want, last I think year. you'll be happy. Okay. I think you'll be happy. At the end of the television shows created by producer and writer Michael Schur, the word Fremulon can be heard being said by what actor who starred in a Fremulon production from 2009 to 2015? Locked in. Locked in. Will is locked in. Holy shit. Scott, you have 30 seconds. Oh, boy. You know, I've heard this. Come on, little brain. Oh, let me read it. At the, uh, they're right there in front of me. Fremulon, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be, um, okay. Oh. Don't say it. You don't know it. You don't know it. Four, three. Megan Mullers. Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. God. That was... Damn it. So to be clear, you locked in that with... every brain. <laughs> Are you a witch? You're a witch? <laughs> Alright, so Scott walks in with Nick Offerman. <laughs> Will, what did you say? I think it might be right. <laughs> I mean, it took me a little bit because I couldn't get Ron Swanson out of my head. Uh-huh. I'm like Swanson, Swanson, Swanson. Swanson. That's what like, I. That's what I was doing. Ron Swanson, Ron Swanson, Ron Swanson. And then I finally got to Offerman. I, oh, right. and, I knew and it was Will, someone from Parks and Rec based on the, the years. And of course, the gaydar <laughs> helped because he's married to Megan Mullally, and that's kind of actually how my, it finally came to my head. Oh, <laughs> Adolf. Will, what did you wager on Scott's ability to pull Nick <laughs> Offerman out of his ass? <laughs> Scott, what did you wager on Will? <laughs> 200. <laughs> I actually missed Will's wager. I'm sorry. One, 100. Okay. So the answer is the golfer man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Brittany was literally counting. I think she was on the word, too. (laughs) Well, Tim was holding up fingers, but you weren't looking at the camera, and I wanted to make sure you knew you were running out of time. Um, (laughs) I I could see you and and I just want to point out also that Nick Offerman has become his own gay icon given his performance in The Last of Us he was that one of the most brilliant television episodes ever created oh wow 
Um, but that being said, you did both get it right. You both picked up 300 of your own points, but how much did you lose on your opponent? Well, total, Will, you picked up 200 points. Scott, you picked up 100. Going into question three, Will, you've got 1,500, and Scott, you've got 2,900. That's a, I mean, I'll take that one. Yes. <laughs> I'm still a little annoyed, but I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> Will. <laughs> Will, what did you wager on? Yeah, you got it. Our culture question. 200. And what about you, Scott? For myself, 100. Okay. Uh, I think we're going to coin pulling a Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Who is the only person to have won the EGOT twice in their career? First in 2014 and again in 2018. They are actually just an Oscar away from a third EGOT and have a decent likelihood as they are only 48 years old. I'm going to lock in. Will is locked in. Scott, you have thirty seconds. Guess, you know, it but... says the only person, and so it's. I don't think. I don't think for some reason it's an actor, uh, but I could be because you can win all these things for other things. It's got to be a someone who wrote movies and EGOT. It's Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. A Tony. Who would win a Tony twice? That's. Uh, did they win for that? Oh my God! It's the guy who. Oh, it's the frozen guy. Is it, uh, is it? An is it Robert Lopez? You've got to be kidding me! <laughs> <laughs> Scott locks in with Robert Lopez. Will, what did you lock in with? Uh, for the sake of honesty, I did not. Um, I just locked in with Miranda. It was the only thing i could think of that was in that vein all right and will what did you bet on scott's ability to pull another person out of his ass 200 and scott what did you wager for will i wagered 100 scott i don't know i don't know how you're doing this uh but literally you're just checking browser history yeah i'm I'm still on discord right here there i am the answer is Robert Lopez. Oh my god. <laughs> well done. Uh, and for Will, Robert Lopez is the guy who wrote Agatha all along. Uh, that was one of his Emmys. And, and Frozen. I believe, believe me, I had no idea what he was winning all this for. Right. Yeah, he got he got his first nomination was for the scrub song Everything Comes Down to Poo, but he didn't win for that one. Oh wow. <laughs> he, I love that song. He yeah, he did the music uh along he did the music for Avenue Q, Book right. of Mormon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he's, he's worked. He's worked on South Park before, uh, and then Frozen, the musical, obviously. And yeah. with his wife, they won the for Let It Go. And, as well, um, so, just uh, uh, like uh, the other, I I went to Gettysburg College, and Robert Lopez and his wife were guests there when I went back as an alumni. So I actually was in the same. Of course, of course. Kim's like, all right, you know everybody, just shut up. This whole episode is like Slumdog Millionaire. And uh, and uh, how does this shit fit? Yeah, exactly? <laughs> I always feel like I'm Slumdog. Yeah, I met Robert Lopez in 19. 19- um. <laughs> So that being said, George Santiago was my uncle, and, <laughs> <laughs> so and I lived in Peru for several years on a small island known Iquitos. <laughs> uh, so at the end of our second section, Will, you did lose four hundred points there. Scott, you picked up two hundred. So going into the third section of questions, Will, you were hanging in there with eleven hundred points, and Scott, you have thirty-one hundred. Is there a mercy rule? 
<laughs> yeah, it's called when you get to zero. <laughs> when you lose. Or 12 questions. We end the game after 12 questions or a team oh, okay. is completely okay. eliminated. We don't play. Well, there is an end. <laughs> you could still come up with these. Uh, okay. All right. Tim, yeah. Tim, you couldn't have put all your Disney questions in the front half of the game. I mean, that would have been awesome. Just right? Saying. She knows everything about this. Come on. I had to Google who won the EGOTs. Our categories for section three are The Poet in Black, which is a music question, Rebel Scum, which is a science question, and Long Before We Were Young, which is a games question. I mean, Brittany, your categories. Like this, you need you need to start your own business of just category <laughs> writing. Oh, I I have so much fun coming up with the puns here. Tim brings the shoulders. I bring the puns. Um, Is it because of the tank top? Yeah. (laughs) I don't think there's been an episode yet that Tim's been on where he's not wearing a tank top. Apparently, I've just become infamous for wearing tank tops while I do trivia or something because, like, I do it while I do OQL. Like, I just wear tank tops at the house because it's comfortable. And when I'm doing OQL, I'm wearing a tank top. And I, when I'm recording here, I'm doing a tank top. And now it's apparently just become a thing. So now it's my uniform for. I mean, for, for those listening at home, he's actually flexing his muscles right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, he's been advertising no. tickets to the gun no. show for all of yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> just spends the whole time doing this. Uh, hang on, I'm almost there. Look, mm. I swear if we don't make merch that is a tank top that just says "All right" and then has Tim as the quote. I've got both. I've got both player scores, Tim. All right, Scott. What did you wager on the poet in black? Our music question. For me, two hundred. And what about you, Will? One. Okay. Which Johnny Cash song, arguably one of his biggest, was written by American poet Shel Silverstein? The song peaked at number two on the Billboard Hot 100, behind Honky Tonk Women. I'm locked in. Scott is locked in. Will you have thirty seconds? I don't think I know a lot of Johnny Cash songs. I like the movie Walk Hard um, with John C. <laughs> Reilly. It's not the same thing. Like a, uh, Johnny Cash. Um, but a valid statement. Uh, I think is it. I think the title of the song is Ring of Fire, so I'm just going to go with that one. All right. Will locks in with Ring of Fire. Scott, what did you lock in with? Well, Will mentioned my mine and my father's favorite uh, Johnny Cash song. Um, my Johnny, my Johnny, my father actually kind of looked like Johnny Cash, and he wore black all the time, and so that was his favorite person. So, uh, I believe though it's the parody song called "A Boy Named Sue," which I believe Shel Silverstein wrote. Anne and Nicole, I think you both threw your hands up knowing this yeah. one immediately. <laughs> I knew it by the category title. I sent her a message and I said, "I swear to God, if this is about Johnny Cash." <laughs> I said, it's Shel Silverstein's a boy named Sue. And I was like, get it! <laughs> Will, what did you wager on Scott's knowledge here? 200. And what about you, Scott? Uh, 300. So this was a boy named Sue based on a Shel Silverstein. I mean, Shel Silverstein wrote it. Johnny Cash performed it. Um. <laughs> Thanks, Brittany. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh- <laughs> Uh, let me give you some more helpful information. Will, you lost 300 points there, Scott. You Not picked helpful. up 500. So going into question two, Will, you've got 800. Scott, you have 3,600. But it's still probably anyone's game. Shut up. <laughs> we promise, And we promise that Nicole and I won't know this question. Scott, what did you wager on Rebel Scum, our science question? 
uh, rebel scum. I I went strangely. I, it's a science question. I went three hundred. I don't know. I must have had a stroke when I was doing this. And Will, what did you wager? I did two hundred. We'll see how much Star Wars is in this science question. A calorie was originally defined as the amount of heat to raise one kilogram of water by one degree Celsius. What term is the amount of heat required to heat one pound of water by one degree Fahrenheit? Will got any ideas there? <laughs> I'm, I'm, mm. I I have a an answer that I'll I'm, I'll just lock in because it's, yeah you sure okay I can... it's just pure guess but Will has locked in Scott go ahead and talk it out you got thirty seconds. We frenemies are just talking, Tim. I'm sorry. We're just, um, boy. Uh, what term is the amount of heat required to heat one pound of water? A um... shut up, Anne. No, I'm. I gotta give props after this one. <laughs> Here's a library director who's not going to know a science question is going to look really bad. Um, I, I honestly, I have, I, I'm sure it's an, a word that we all use and it's a normal word. I, I just, I have no idea. No idea. I give up. I don't know. I wondered if you were going to pull it out at the last second no. there. <laughs> he was the, the, Tim was actually doing a hand three, two, one, uh, but no. Uh, so Scott's going to pass on this one. Will, what did you lock in with? Uh, so I don't know the answer. Uh, I kept thinking of KCAL, which I don't, that's kilo calorie. I think that's the first part. Uh, I just guessed Tauntaun because it's from Star Wars. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so I mean, I, Brittany, your category, your category. <laughs> I, I really, really love this question because it's exactly the opposite of what you would think. So uh, the reason for the category rebel scum is because we're talking about imperial units, pound and Fahrenheit. Yes. Uh, the amount of heat required to heat one pound of water by one degree Fahrenheit is ironically a British thermal unit, a BTU. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Very good. Good question, Tim. It's the exact opposite of what you would think, given. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, you're right. I absolutely one... was trying to think of a non-British uh, yeah. uh, term. Yeah. No, and it's a good one too because you're like, I just learned something useful. You know. That Scott doesn't know this. <laughs> For future trivia rounds. Yeah. Well, on that question, you both got it wrong, um, and this time you are both losing points for it. So. But you're each only losing 100 points, so that takes us to Will with 700 and Scott with 3,500 as we go into question three. The good news is we will hear the final three categories because Will cannot be eliminated on this question. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Will, what did you wager on long before we were young, our games question? 300, and we'll see how that plays out. Scott, what about you? I only did 100. With styles such as Red Devils, Swirly, Tiger, Baby, and more, a taw is another name for a large piece used in what game with roots dating back to 2500 BCE? I think I know this. Uh, Locked in. Will is locked in. Boy, styles such as Red Devils, Swirly, Tiger, Baby. Come on, Slumdog. Yeah, huh? A taw is an... Oh, I used to play all sorts of games. A taw is another name... Oh, it's an old game. Oh, it's the old game. Um, but I, uh, oh, what's the... Um, oh, I, I don't know. I, I'm, uh, I'm just wrong. I, I'm going to say backgammon. I have. I, I just... I don't know. All right, Scott says backgammon. Will, what did you lock in with? I think it's marbles. 
All right. Will, what did you wager oh, on Scott's knowledge here? Of course it is. 300. And what about you, Scott? On me? Oh, 100. A taw is basically another name for a shooter. It oh, is marbles. shoot. Very good. You know, yeah. Swirly, why did I not get it on Swirly? What's wrong with me? I thought you would, dude. And I watched the marble thing on, you know, the Joe's marble. Of course you do. I, of course I do. No idea. <laughs> <sighs> Rats. We may have lost our marbles, but Will found them. So uh, we have a score change because that's how math works. Will, you picked up 600 points on that one. Scott, you lost two. So that means we're going into our final section with Will at 1,300 points and Scott at 3,300 points. Will closing that gap up a bit. Yeah, very good. Is this mathematically possible for me to win? <laughs> Maybe? Yes, yeah. because yeah, it actually yeah. is. But you know what is not mathematically possible? You to so end we, with zero. That's awesome. We, so will see all all, we will see all three questions. Our final three categories tonight are Let's basket this ball, which is a sports question. Keyboard shortcuts, which is a business question. And no cap, which is a history question. I have wagers for both players. Scott, what did you wager on your ability for let's basket this ball, our sports question? 200. Will, what did you wager? I did the same. The first upset of this year's Men's March Madness Tournament saw Furman smite Virginia. What charisma-based spellcasting playable ca- class from Dungeons & Dragons is the mascot for Furman? I was not expecting it to go that way. No. <laughs> this is the only question of this game I wrote. <laughs> no shit. I love it. Um... I'll lock in. I, I have a guess. I don't know if it's right, but... Will is locked in. Scott, you got 30 seconds. You finally did it. You absolutely hit my two, probably three areas where I haven't a freaking clue. Uh, March Madness tournament means nothing to me, and Dungeons & Dragons sadly means nothing to me. So I, I have no I have no base to give an answer. I have no idea. So are you passing? Mm-hmm. All right. Ian, my answer is no idea. Scott is passing. Will, what did you lock in with? I thought about mage, cleric, and druid. Those all seem like classes from D&D that could be spellcasters. I locked in with mage. I don't know if that's correct. Uh, Scott, what did you wager on Will's knowledge here? I went uh, um, 100. And what about you, Scott? Or Will? I'm Will. 200. All right, so the answer here uh, in this very uh, alliterative question that <laughs> my my friend of me wrote, it is the Furman Paladins. Paladins. Wait, how is that alliterative? No, the question was the alliterative. Question was alliterative. Men's March oh, Madness. Yeah. Men's March Thank Madness, you. Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, Paladins. The Paladins. S- spell casting? They do cast spells. I guess. They also are known for their spites, so. Yeah, but they also, like, hold a shield and a sword. Yeah, people can do both things. Red herring, people can be more than one thing. You can be a fighter and a magic-y bit. I feel like we've descended down a rabbit hole of Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, don't get me started. Let's talk about scores before I get too far into how mechanics in Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition work. Will, you did cancel out your wagers. Scott, yeah. you did lose 100 points. So going into question two, will you have 1,300? Scott, you have 3,200. 
Will, what did you wager on your knowledge for keyboard shortcuts? A business question. 300. And what about you, Scott? I went with 100. Okay. The Halloid Pho Photographic Company was founded in 1906, but wouldn't get what better name derived from the Greek roots for dry writing until 1958? Um, I'll lock in. Scott locked is in. locked in. Will, Anna's locked in, seconds. too. Well... F me. Um, dry writing. I. This is. How does this connect to a keyboard shortcut? Halloid photograph. I mean, I just have to go with. Ooh, it's. I'm going. I'm thinking either Kodak or Polaroid. Uh, because Halloid sounds like Polaroid, I'm gonna go Polaroid. Will locks in with Polaroid. Scott, what did you lock in with? I. I believe it is Xerox. Scott, what? Uh, what did you wager on Will's knowledge? Uh, on Will's knowledge, I wagered two hundred. And what about you, Will? I did three. The Greek root for dry is zir, and the ox comes from ography, writing. Xerox is a correct answer here. Brittany, you want to say your shortcut of why? Control C, control V. Copy, paste. Copy, so. yeah. No, uh, <laughs> as soon as he says Xerox, it clicks. <laughs> So on that one, Will, unfortunately, you're losing 600 points. Scott, you are picking up 300. So we are entering our last question of the game with Will at 700 points and Scott at 3,500 points. And even though Will can't catch Scott, we're still going to play this final question. In the category of no cap, which is a history question, Will, what did you wager here? 100. I'm not good with the, the youth slang. And what about you, Scott? <laughs> I, I went with 300 because I'm down with the youth slang. <laughs> a boy. All right. Our question. The Ready to pull it out of my ass. Here we go. Go. The Maori wore them as a sign of pacifism. A tribe of natives awarded them to Quaker houses as a sign of peace. Women during World War I gave them as a sign of cowardice to try to coax men into joining. What are they? Scott, I'm just going to lock in. It's I don't think I'm correct, but... Okay. Will, Will is locked in. Scott, you have 30 seconds. Gosh, she would think with all this, uh, what yeah. are they? Um, because I thought it might be something like a peace sign, you know, or something, that, but that's not what it is, I don't think. The Maori wore them as a sign of pacifism. Well, they wore tattoos, but it could be a peace sign tattoo. A tribe of natives awarded them a tribe as a sign of peace. Uh, oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. I'll 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 say the peace symbol. I got I have nothing else. I got now. Nah. Scott locks in with the peace symbol. Will, what did you lock in with? Uh, I see like a bone hook. You know, like Namari wear like the necklace of like the bone hook. Like you know. Okay. Will locks in with a uh, Maui's hook. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Will, what did you wager on <laughs> Scott's knowledge here? One hundred. What about you, Scott? Uh. On his knowledge, I wagered 300. Do either Mario. of our peanut gallery know the answer on this one? Do you one? guys know? I think it's a white feather. All right. So, uh, most notably, women during World War One in England used to walk around and find young men who were not fighting in World War One and hand feather out... In his cap. And, and hand out white bitch. feathers. Very good. And hand out white feathers to be like... You're a coward. Go join the yeah. war. You're a coward. Go join the war. Wow. You're a child. They were known okay. as white. <laughs> they were. They were known known as white feather girls. 
Uh, but they also were awarded to Quaker houses to be like, these are not uh, enemy combatants. These are not enemy combatants. And, and the Maori wore them in their hair or as well, a necklace? I don't know how they wore them specifically. I feel but like you should know that, Mr. Quaker. I, I don't remember <laughs> off the top of my head. But I love how it, this, this, the symbolism of it changed with each culture. That's kind of an interesting, fascinating thing. Tim, did you write this question? Yep. I this is like one of my favorite trivia questions now of all time. That's phenomenal. I'm glad I got it wrong because it's just I my bow down to you and your that question writing. That's phenomenal. That's a good. feather in your cap. You get a feather in your cap. Brittany, you want to give us a final score update? Sure do. So none of those feathers were called macaroni, but here we go. Will, you canceled out your points. Yep. Scott, you also canceled out your points. So at the end of 12 questions that were well thought, very entertaining to listen to, and factually correct, Will, you have 700 points, and Scott, you have 3,500 points. And we have reached the end of our game, which means, Scott Brills, you are our best frenemy for this week. All right. Thank you. It was exciting. It was fun playing with everyone. This was just so much fun. Uh, before everybody goes, we want to give you a chance to plug anything you want to plug. So let's start with Scott. Uh, well, like I said, I'm the director of the Derby Public Library in Derby, Connecticut, and we have our big summer reading happening all. So if you're in Connecticut, come to the Derby Public Library. June 24th, we're going to have a big kickoff outside in the front lawn of our library. All right. Uh, Will? i just like to say hi to my wife, Jessica. Uh, hopefully she'll listen. And anything you want to plug? I think it came up, it's June, the best month to be an ally or to be supportive, especially. I live in Florida. Florida is Florida right now. (laughs) And so I hope I can be the best version of an ally that I can be this month. So support to everybody else. Stay gay as loud as you can. Yeah. So please, like, especially if you're in Florida and you don't agree with things that are going a certain way, like, let's be loud. Let's be loud. And Anna, can I just add to that, you know, book challenges from like the year 2000 to this year, for that entire time, it was 1400. This year alone is twice that number. No, no, book no. challenges. No, no that's book not a yay. Cha- that's, that's oh. book, book challenges. People ch- wanting to ban uh, books. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not participation in like reading that, challenges. The entire <laughs> challenging books. 21st century is only about 1400. Yep. And now we've, we've in one year, we've surpassed Yeah. That. Again, another Florida problem. That is. That's, that's, well, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> like... And finally, Nicole, anything you want to plug? Um, well, I want to shout out my boyfriend, Bernie, who is currently serving in Kuwait. And I wanted to. <laughs> Give Will a little bit of excitement that um, at the mid of the third inning, the Tampa Bay Rays are up one nothing. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Go Rays. That'll do it here for us at Frenemy Trivia. Make sure to follow us at Frenemy Trivia on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find our sister shows, The Pub Trivia Experience and Boozy Bracketology on your favorite podcast app. Join our Discord, ptebb.com slash Discord, or support us on our Patreon at patreon.com slash ptebb. If you can't swing it, we completely understand. Times are tough, but you can still support us by subscribing and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast app. For Frenemy Trivia, I've been Tim. I've been Brittany. I've been Nicole. I'm Will. I'm still Salty Ann. (laughs) And I'm Scott. And we'll see you next week.